Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all-time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. Today is August 25th, 2021, and our first story Over 800,000 servicemen and women have not yet been vaccinated and face investigation and court-martial if they don't. I cannot imagine what would happen if our servicemen and women are discharged for refusing to get the vaccine at a time when we're facing conflict with China, potential kinetic warfare at any moment, and we're dealing with a crisis in Afghanistan. The mandates seem to be chaotic and destructive. In our next segment, Biden's approval rating hits a new low of 41%, but among independents, where it really matters, 31%. Biden is being accused of abandoning Americans in Afghanistan in favor of Afghan allies, leaving many people outraged. And in our last story, Australia has gone over the top authoritarian. It's getting bad. You can't even leave your home in some circumstances. Yet the rich can frolic on the beach. Before we get started, leave us a good review and give us five stars. And if you really like the show, tell your friends about it because word of mouth is the best way to help a podcast grow. Now, let's get into that first story. Crisis in Kabul. New reporting from the AP says that of the people evacuated so far, only around 5% were American citizens. We are dealing with a major crisis. Joe Biden has fumbled and failed in Afghanistan, abandoning our Air Force base at Bagram, which could have been used to evacuate Americans. And now Americans are being left stranded and trapped. Now, this segment isn't entirely about what's going on in Afghanistan, but we'll talk about it because the real issue here is the United States armed forces are in trouble. With the FDA approval of the Pfizer vaccine, The Pentagon has mandated that armed forces personnel get the vaccine. But out of 1.4 million, 800,000 service members still haven't gotten their vaccine and could face investigations and court martials. We don't have the capacity for this. We we, We don't. We are dealing with the prospect of Thucydides' trap, of war with China, especially over Taiwan. You heard it from Bannon the other day. If we lose Taiwan, we lose access to these chips we need for our computers, our cars, our products. China would take it and then we'd be at their mercy. The U.S. is frantically trying to get that production back to the U.S., but doesn't seem like it's going to happen. Apparently, they've they've earmarked 20 billion dollars trying to make that happen. Bannon wasn't confident at a time when we are dealing with the failures of Afghanistan, signaling to the world that our military is weak. 
or that our leadership, I'm sorry, not our, our leadership is weak. But I will say, considering Mark uh, Milley's failure, yeah, perhaps it is weak. We are now hearing that this mandate isn't being adhered to. And this, to me, this is crazy. First, let me just say that, you know, most people I know who join the army, they walk in, they get a bunch of uh, vaccines as soon as they go through basic training. They walk in, they give you a bunch of shots. And I've talked to people who have been in the armed force. They say, I don't even know what the shots were. They walked in and said, we're giving you vaccines. Have a nice day. So for this one, it's now FDA approved. There are still a lot of people who don't want it. But this is crazy because this is an order from the Pentagon and they're not getting it. So what does this mean for us in the long run? I've talked to some people who said they think there may be administrative discharges or a medical discharge if people refuse. What do you do? What's a court martial going to do? Are they going to imprison 800,000 people? Will a good portion of the 800,000 ultimately just get vaccinated? Or are we going to see more than half of our armed forces leave? And what's left at a time of crisis? My friends, Thucydides' trap is a real issue. And the, 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 the conflict in the United States and the hyperpolarization, this is the, the end of the American doctrine. I think we're going to see a large portion of these people just refusing to get vaccinated. Now, look, I'm, I'm more agnostic on it. I think the vaccine is safe. You don't have to agree with me or disagree because it doesn't matter. I'm not a doctor. I think you go to your doctor, you talk to someone you trust, you figure it out. I'm sorry. A lot of people say, you know, I say that too much, but I'm not here to give you medical advice. I'm here to stick to the political ramifications and make sure that's clear to everybody. I think we are going to be in serious trouble now that we could be losing this to, to this percentage of our armed forces or who knows what's going to happen. Perhaps they'll have to just cancel the whole thing at a time when we're dealing with what's going on in Afghanistan. This is bad, my friends. Let's read the news. But before we do, head over to TimCast.com and become a member in order to get access to exclusive members only segment from the TimCast IRL podcast, as well as an advertisement free experience. And your membership helps help support our fierce and independent journalists. We've hired a few reporters to go on the ground and do field reporting. So I'm really excited for that. And we are expanding. It's with your support. Don't forget to like this video, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends. Oh, man. Let's read from the Daily Mail. All U.S. service members must get their COVID-19 vaccine as soon as possible now that the Pfizer-BioNTech jab is fully approved by the FDA. More than 800,000 service members out of 1.4 million still need to get their shots, according to Pentagon data. Those who haven't gotten a shot face a wide range of punishments if they don't, with the most severe being an investigation and court-martial of active duty forces, 68% are fully vaccinated and 76% have at least one dose, according to Pentagon Press Secretary John Kirby. Data is less clear for Reserve and National Guard members. Okay, so that's good. The majority. But what if we were to lose 24% of our armed forces? Man, talk about China and, and, and our adversaries being like, well, a quarter of the U.S. military has just been removed by their own choice. Defense Secretary Lloyd, Lloyd Austin directed commanders to, impose an, to impose an ambitious timeline for implementation and to provide regular updates on vaccination. The army has the lowest vaccination rate where 40% are fully vaccinated and 57 have one dose. The Navy has the highest where 73% are fully vaxxed and 79 have at least one dose. Kirby said the goal was to get the force inoculated as soon as possible, but did not lay out a timeline. Asked what would happen to service members who refused a vaccine. Kirby noted they could apply for a religious or medical exemption. And if those were denied, would have a chance to sit down with a physician 
and sit down with the chain of command so they could communicate the risks service members incur in refusing to get vaccinated. Ultimately, Kirby said the mandate is a lawful order and that the commanders have a wide range of tools to encourage forces to get vaccinated short of the UCMJ, insinuating the matter could be taken up in military court. I can't give you an exact answer on every single hypothetical, Kirby said, refusing to say what direct consequences would be. The Pentagon has for weeks such a mandate was in the works. To defend this nation, we need a healthy and ready force, Austin said in the memo. After careful consultation with medical experts and military leadership, and with the support of the president, I have determined that mandatory vaccination against coronavirus disease is necessary to protect the force and defend the American people. A total of 34 service members have died from COVID-19, and 1,998 have been hospitalized. Service members are already required to get up to 17 different vaccines, depending on where in the world they are stationed, including jabs for measles, mumps, diphtheria, hepatitis, smallpox, and the flu. Mandatory vaccinations are familiar to all of our service members, and mission-critical inoculation is almost as old as the U.S. military itself. Austin wrote, remember, I want, I want to pause real quick and just say that's true. We know the story of, was it George Washington ordering people to be inoculated for smallpox? It was rudimentary back then. They would give you a weakened form of the virus. They would like prick you with a needle or something. And I'm surprised that so many people are rejecting this because of how many people just naturally, you get a bunch of mandatory vaccines in the military. Hopefully, and I'll just say this, people will end up just saying, you know, I talked to my doctor, they're fine with it. People will get medical and religious exemptions, and then we'll, we'll carry on without massive detriment to our armed forces. But my concern is right now with international conflict, with China pressing on Taiwan, with China threatening us and saying that the U.S. will never defend Taiwan, and there will be a forceful reunification. This is the last thing we need. My friends, the Biden administration is chaos. It's pure chaos. You know, they're, they're abandoning Americans in Afghanistan in favor of non-Americans. And I can't tell you why, but I can tell you they clearly don't like you. They don't care about you. Your American citizenship means nothing to these people. They go on to say, Austin noted in the memo, there will be exemptions for medical reasons and a narrow religious exemption. Of those 12 and older who are eligible, 71.2% of the U.S. population has gotten uh, at least one, and 60.4 have gotten both vaccines. The Pfizer vaccine was granted final approval by the FDA on Monday after receiving emergency use authorization in December. Moderna has also applied for full approval of its vaccine, and Johnson & Johnson has said it hopes to do, the, to, uh, to do so later this year. Dr. Anthony Fauci, the nation's top infectious disease expert, said Tuesday, Americans can expect many more vaccine mandates now that the jab is fully authorized. You're going to see a lot more ma mandates because there will be institutions and organizations which previously were reluctant to require vac vaccinations which will now feel much more empowered to do that, Fauci said on MSNBC's Morning Joe. That could be organizations, businesses, colleges, universities. We're even seeing it with the military already. President Biden, in his speech on Monday, urged companies to now start requiring vaccines. Quote, as I mentioned before, I've imposed vaccination requirements that will reach millions of Americans. Biden signed an executive order requiring federal employees and contractors to either get vaccinated or adhere to regular COVID testing to a regular COVID testing scheme. Today, I'm calling on more companies in the private sector to step up with the vaccine requirements that will reach millions more people. If you're a business leader, a nonprofit leader, state or local leader who has been wanting waiting for FDA approval to require vaccination, I call on you now to do that. Require it. I don't know what's going to happen, but this China Afghanistan, it makes me feel like the American order 
the, the worst part of it, the foreign policy, it's done. It's another morning and you're all set for work. You grab your coffee, head out the door, and your car decides today's the day it won't start. Panic sets in. You're not just late, you're stranded. Get ahead of unexpected car repairs before they strike with CarShield, the most trusted vehicle protection company. For almost 20 years, CarShield has saved millions of drivers from repair nightmares with low monthly plans that cover up to 5,000 major parts and systems, like pricey transmission and engine repairs and check engine light mysteries. Visit CarShield today at carshield.com carlson. Plans include unlimited miles, 24-7 roadside assistance, help with flats, lockouts, and rental car options. Save 20% and get a free quote by visiting CarShield online at carshield.com slash carlson. Don't wait for the next surprise. Choose peace of mind with CarShield. Go to carshield.com slash carlson and save 20% today. Maybe there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Maybe there's an open window here in that people are going to stand up for what they believe in. And this is a, is, a, is a crack in the armor of the authorita- authoritarian administrative state. I don't know for sure, though. I don't. I think this could lead to China basically taking more ground and taking over. And when they do, we will effectively be the serfs to their production. What will the U.S. have left when uh, China becomes the global dominant power? Right now, the U.S. has the reserve currency. So what? What happens when we lose that? China's trying to get off of it. A weakened military? Not the worst thing in the world for some reasons, but very, very bad in general for the American people. Now, I want to I highlight a few things because we got to talk about what's, what's going on with this vaccine. A lot of people were questioning whether or not the FDA really approved the vaccine. They did. The FDA did approve this. For some reason, there's this misconception. I have the FDA.gov right here, and they say the FDA has approved the first COVID-19 vaccine. The vaccine has been known as the Pfizer BioNTech vaccine and will now be marketed as community for the prevention of COVID-19 disease in individuals. For some reason, there are people who think that it wasn't approved or whatever. It is approved. However, for those that are between the ages of 12 through 15, it is only available under emergency use authorization, which means mandates, although they're in place, likely will fall to those who are older than 16. We'll see. For those that may be in the military, or may live in New York. Well, I'm sorry, New York has no religious or medical exemptions. But many of these cities that have mandates do have medical and religious exemptions. The military says there's narrow exemptions. If there is a religious exemption, it is but a personal choice to adhere to a religion. Religion, They're basically saying, just say it. And they may try to deny you, I suppose. But that involves, I guess, ultimately lawsuits. So long, and I'll stress, so long as there's a religious exemption, I think most people who have philosophical issues with it if your religion says, you know, whatever you believe that you can't get it, well, then there you go. I wonder what the number will be, though. I don't think all 800,000 will uh, n- just not get the vaccine. I think many of them will. And I think a lot of them won't. So what are we going to see? A discharge? Now, there's more questions here. As the mandates roll out and we're seeing more and more uh, social credit style mandates and passport requirements, We have this story from TimCast.com. Vaccine-resistant COVID-19 variant is likely to emerge, says Pfizer CEO. The CDC reports there were 37,996,627 COVID cases in the last 30 days. Borla, the uh, Albert Borla, the, the CEO of Pfizer, told Fox News on Tuesday 
that the company has a system in place to turn around a variant specific jab with, with, within some three months. Quote, every time that the variant appears in the world, our scientists are getting their hands around it, Borla said on America's newsroom. They are researching to see if this variant can escape the protection of our vaccine. We haven't identified any yet, but we believe that it is likely that one day one of them will emerge. Fox News also reports, Borla noted a company process to develop a variant-specific vaccine within 95 days from identifying the variant of concern. Infectious disease experts and public health officials have reiterated for months that broadening the reach of the existing vaccines across the population in the U.S. and abroad will reduce the opportunity for the virus to further mutate. Currently, the C37 variant, also known as the Lambda variant, is speculated to be possibly vaccine resistant. The COVID-19 strain has similar, a similar mutation to the Delta variant, which makes them more contagious. Scientists believe it emerged in November or December 2020 in South America. It has since been recorded in North America, Europe, and parts of Asia. Data from Chile, which has roughly 60%, a roughly 60% vaccination rate, suggests Lambda may not respond to current vaccinations. In a bio RxIV report from July 28th, researchers noted a big COVID-19 surge had occurred in Chile in spring 2021, suggesting that the Lambda variant is proficient in escaping from the antiviral immunity elicited by vaccination. According to the New York Post, Lambda has so far been labeled a variant of interest by the World Health Organization compared to the Alpha, Beta, Gamma, and Delta strains, which have all risen to variant of concern or VOC status. The CDC reports that 171 million people in the U.S., roughly 51% of the population, are vaccinated. And herein lies the problem. For the people in the military, for the people in New York, do you think that they just end with by saying, you get this and you're good? No. The mandates will require endless uh, new vaccinations. Is this tenable? Bill Maher came out and said no. Prominent liberal on his show said he would not get the booster. So what happens when they introduce vaccine mandates and then say, okay, now you need to have the booster. And if you don't, what do you do? Or more importantly, what happens if they say, if the date uh, of your vaccination is less than eight months from, uh, is more than eight months from today, then you should also have a booster on your proof of vaccination. And if you don't, you don't get let in. Second class citizen, fall in line. The CEO of Pfizer is saying there may, there, there's, you know, it's likely to emerge a, a, a vaccine resistant strain. We've already have the Epsilon variant is being talked about. The, 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 we have the Delta variant, the Lambda variant. This is going to turn into something more than people realize. With the flu, there's a bunch of different strains of the flu. And when they give out flu shots every year, they protect you against certain strains. You can still get the flu. In which case, if the concern is that COVID is substantially worse than the flu, I think it's like double or I don't know the exact numbers. How are we going to play catch up with this? How are we going to live constantly evolving the mandates and trying to roll out every three months? You know what they predicted last year? That we would have rolling lockdowns, that we would lock down for a month, then reopen for a month and lock down for a month. It seems like that's entirely possible. Why? What did the Pfizer CEO say? 95 days. So here's what happens. A new variant emerges, which seems to be happening. And they say, okay, it's not the vaccine is not effective against a new variant. It's only effective for these other variants. And thus, time to lock down to slow the spread, right? That way, we need the three months to develop the new vaccine for the new strain, and then we can implement that. And then you better get it on your booster shot. You better get it on your on your passport. From the Daily Mail, protection against COVID infection after two vaccines falls within six months 
and could be at just 50% by winter. Major UK study warns as scientists cry out for boosters. More to come, my friends. It will not just end here. You see what's happening in Australia. You see what's happening in, in these other countries, in Canada and the UK. They're now saying we must have boosters. Where were we only uh, three months ago? Where were we a month? Or was it a few weeks ago when Dave Rubin tweeted that boosters were coming? And here we are. They banned him for I'm, I'm sorry. They suspended him, temporarily banned Dave Rubin on Twitter for saying boosters were coming. Now the story is scientists are crying out for boosters. Where do you think we go next? They're going to call for new vaccines, variant strain vaccines. The next article is going to say booster shots are no longer cutting it. We need new vaccines to be mandated for the new strains. The Daily Mail says two COVID vaccine doses become noticeably less effective at stopping infections within six months. A major study has found researchers warned Britons given the jab first last winter, including the elderly, could see protection plummet to just 50 percent by winter without boosters. The real world study led by King's College London analyzed PCR results for more than a million people who had been fully vaccinated to look for breakthrough infections. It found protection after two shots of Pfizer decreased from 88% at one month, 74% at five to six months. For AstraZeneca, effectiveness dropped from 77% to 67% at four to five months. It's unclear whether the waning immunity against infection also means people are less protected against serious illness, hospitalization, and death. But Professor Tim Spector, the lead scientist behind the study, said high levels of infection would ultimately lead to more pressure on the NHS. He urged Britain to urgently get its act together on booster vaccines. That won't end anything. I don't know what to tell you other than, you know, go, go figure out your own medical decisions. This is not going to change anything. The goalposts keep moving because it seems to be that we don't have the ability to get a hold on this. Perhaps we have to learn to live with it, meaning the vaccines are great. People should be encouraged to get them. They should then go talk to their medical professionals and make the decisions right, right for them. People should we should protect the elderly and the vulnerable. And it seems like the initial analysis that they, this could turn into a seasonal illness like the flu. Granted, worse, it's something we may have to accept locking down. And constantly trying to make new vaccines may not, uh, you know, ultimately do anything to stop this. But putting in place, you know, voluntary restrictions, you know, meaning if there is an elderly, a nursing home and they say we want to put in these restrictions, well, it's entirely up to you. And then allowing people to go to their Walmarts or their 7-Elevens or wherever they feel like going for their, you know, yearly COVID shot like we do with the flu, entirely up to you. But we're not winning this race. Australia is desperately trying. They're not winning. New Zealand's desperately trying. They're not winning. All that's happening is we're seeing loss of life from, from teens, self-harm, economic collapse. And it, ju it just seems like everything's breaking apart, falling apart. We're just slowly strangling ourselves out because we're scared of this. You know, maybe if we were to fully reopen, things would be worse. Who knows? But can we continue to live this way? I honestly don't know. And, 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 you know, I think when it comes to the mandates, the worst possible outcome is the loss of our own military and armed forces. Could it be that the U.S. is heading towards peaceful divorce, a fractured uh, federal government, people who don't want to get the vaccines to don't abide by the mandates, and then you get two parent factions of we agree, we disagree, and then what's left? They're going to say, Professor Adam Finn, 
One of the government's scientific advisors on vaccines said the jabs are still offering very high levels of protection against serious illness, which is why COVID deaths are still a fraction of the level in previous waves. It comes on the back of a separate study last night, which found four in 10 people who have weakened immune systems show low or undetectable levels of COVID immunity after being double vaccinated. Both studies while pile, will pile pressure on the government scientific advisors to greenlight a booster jab program for the elderly and vulnerable this autumn. The Joint Committee on Vaccination and Immunization is expected to approve booster, booster doses for the immunocompromised in the coming weeks. Now, mind you, they're talking about the UK. Professor, but Professor Finn, who sits on the JCVI, suggested this morning the group will stop short of recommending them for healthy elderly adults until more evidence of the benefit surfaces. We can see in this graph that Pfizer and AstraZeneca have reduced efficacy as time goes on. We've known this. The Daily Beast published a story, not that they're the best source, saying that ultra-vaxxed Israel is a warning sign to us because they're seeing cases increase. They're seeing vaccine efficacy diminish. I don't know what, what, what to expect and I can't predict the future, but I certainly think I certainly think the lockdowns are going to persist. Absolutely. They go on to say, Professor Finn told BBC Radio 4's Today program, I think the Zoe study, King's College London, and actually a couple of other studies we recently had do show the beginnings of a drop off of protection against asymptomatic or mildly symptomatic disease. But other studies are showing maintenance of good protection against serious illness and hospitalization. So that's encouraging, actually that people who've had two doses are still very much well protected against serious illness, which is our main objective. I'll make that clear. 77 and 67%, that ain't bad, right? The issue is where we go in the future and where people will be at 12 months, 14, 16, 18, right? With the booster shots, do we current, uh, I don't believe we have FDA approval here in the US for this. So let me go back to the FDA's uh, .gov. While they're talking about rolling out booster shots for all Americans, currently the FDA says the vaccine continues to be available under emergency use authorization, including for individuals 12 through 15 years of age and for the administration of a third dose in certain immunocompromised individuals. They do not say that there is an emergency use authorization in this letter for people who just who are healthy but want a booster shot. So I don't know the legality on that one. Again, you have to talk to someone you trust in the medical field. It just seems to me that the direction we're heading in is, is, is rather obvious. New York mandates, New Orleans, San Francisco, and Los Angeles. Oregon saying outdoor mask mandates. I think this is very likely to uh, accelerate. The goalposts keep moving. And they keep saying, just do one more thing. Just do one more thing. Just do one more thing. And therein lies the problem. They're not, you know, going to come out and just say, you know, we're going to enact fascism. They're going to come out and say, look, you've already got the vaccine, right? The vaccine's safe and effective. So just show your card. What's the big deal? In fact, you can show a picture of your card. And they'll say, why are you just using the picture? Just download the app. It takes two seconds. Just but there you go. Download the app and it's right there and you've got to worry about it ever again. Oh, you have the app. Well, we added a new feature. This one, you know, has like other other issues and medical issues, you know, because we want to keep all of your medical information in one location. Don't forget your ID, though. Oh, well, if we are going to include, uh, um, you know, uh, complaints, allow people to to, you know, review you and, and, and talk about things you've said and done. You see where we slowly move towards accepting social credit scores. It starts with something simple. You want to go to the restaurant? You better get a vaccine. Now, like I said, you know, we have FDA approval here. 
A lot of people, uh, you know, they booed Trump when he suggested getting it. But I genuinely think it's safe and effective. I think the main issue here is that they're going to use it to implement social credit scores to get you to you'll need ID to get in buildings. Then they'll make it they'll make it really hard. Then they'll try and make it easier using their system. That's what they said in, uh, you know, I think in New York um, and California. I think it may have been de Blasio with the New York mandate. You have the carrot and the stick, and now it's time for people to get the stick. That's what he was saying, meaning they offered people money. And when they said no, now they're taking things away from you. So here's what I see happening with these mandates. They're going to come out and they're going to tell everybody you have to get it. Um, And then when they make it as hard as possible for regular people, people will finally capitulate and say, okay, fine, because it's not hard to go to a free clinic or whatever, right? But then they can add more to it. They can add booster shots. Once they have booster shots, they can add other vaccines. Once they have other vaccines, they can add other medical treatments. How long until we get to the point where it's an all-encompassing social credit system? You are not allowed to go out to eat and you are excised from what they call polite society. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S.? With more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S., they have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. It's already happened. What happens when the vaccine passport app is privately owned and you need it to get in, but then the privately owned company bans you from it and you can't get in anymore? How do you prove it? It's really interesting. I was watching uh, Electric Dreams. You should really check this one out. It's very, very fascinating. In one of the episodes, it's Philip, it's Philip K. Dick short stories it's on Amazon. One of the short stories was about this uh, bracelet people would wear. They lit, there were bubbles of, I guess you'd call Luddites people who didn't want to wear the tracker bracelet. And because of the fear of terror, they make everyone in the metro areas wear them. And if you don't, you have to wear an armband and go through security. And it's very, very difficult. Students at the school would bully those who didn't have the tracker because, well, no one could track what was happening to you. All the more incentive to give into the government to track you. And then what happened? In the episode, the government uses that ability to frame people for crimes I'll, put, I'll keep it mild. Uh, I don't know, no, no spoilers. So that they can maintain their power. You don't want to live in this, in, in this future. You don't. I'll tell you that. My bigger concern beyond all of this is, you know, what happens when this all comes crumbling down? What happens when we face the genuine collapse? That's why I, I saw this story and I opened with, uh, you know, COVID in the U.S. Armed Forces. It's one thing to complain about not being able to buy a burrito in New York City, which I, I, I think is bad. I'm using one of the most, you know, arbitrary examples. Just going to a burrito shop. Can't do it. Sorry. Unless it's takeout, I guess. OK, we can complain about that. But we still have the armed forces, right? 
What if they won't do it? Here's what could happen. For one, the ability of uh, America to defend itself will be dramatically weakened. More importantly, if the if all that you have left are woke, authoritarian, I'll do whatever I'm told soldiers, well, then you have the real prospect that the establishment elites, they'll engage in more forever war, more nation building. And what happens when your police force and your military don't care about individual liberties or individual rights or informed consent? Will we end up in a situation like the UK or, or Australia with forced medical examinations? That's Australia for you right now. They can require you to undergo a medical procedure. And where does that, where does that stop? Because I don't think it's going to stop with a vaccine. They always want to tell you that it's just, it's just temporary, right? But as Dave Smith told us, there's nothing more permanent than a temporary government uh, program. They'll say, you know, look, with the Patriot Act, we got to defend ourselves. Afghanistan, that was temporary. We're going to go and get the bad guys and leave. And we've been there for 20 years. The security checkpoints after 9-11, we just we lock it all down. These uh, income tax, apparently that was supposed to be temporary, too. They'll never end. You give power to these people and they will keep using it. So maybe in the end, this is just another sign of the uh, of everything falling apart, huh? Our military is going to be crippled. Our economy is already crippled. People are going to flee the cities. They're going to flee the armed forces, whether it's critical race applied principles or it's uh, mandatory vaccination, medical procedures. The more libertarian minded people are saying, no, I will not comply. And good. Stand up for yourself. Stand up for what you believe in. But where does that leave us? I don't think it's all bad. I think hypercentralization of, of, of power in the U.S. is a really, really bad thing. And if power returns more to the states and to the individuals, it'd be a good thing. But when will that happen? This is the fourth turning, my friends. If we encounter Thucydides' trap at, at this time, we're in trouble. But I'll tell you, I've, I've long um, entertained the idea that the collapse is on purpose, that to a certain degree it's allowed to happen to avoid world war. Because these powerful international interests don't want to lose their money and they don't want chaos and conflict. They don't want the world to suffer. I mean, well, I shouldn't say it like that. They don't want to blow the world up. They live on it, right? They want the system to persist because they live in it. And Thucydides' trap is bad news. We can't go to war with China. Well, now that the U.S. is falling apart, the American doctrine has collapsed and our armed forces are refusing to get the vaccine to a certain, to a certain degree of them are. How long until there just isn't an America to engage in a World War III? And then China becomes the international superpower. And we live under their whims. I think that's something y'all should be prepared for. I hope you're ready. You're getting out of the cities. You're learning how to survive, how to, how to farm, how to garden, how to raise animals. I don't, I'm not saying the world's going to end or you're going to have to do all those things. But I think that those who are prepared for it will be living more fulfilled lives, will be better off. And that ain't, that's not in the cities. In the cities, you're going to be living under a boot. So maybe they want people to leave the cities. Maybe they want people to, de to decentralize. That could be it. I think instead of waiting around for New York to, to, to you know, put the boot on your neck, as I've long said, it's time to get out of cities and start learning how to be more responsible for yourself, get off the grid. It's good for everybody in the long run um, in terms of environmentalism and your personal health. You'll get to be around your kids more often working remotely. You'll get to learn how to take care of a garden and uh, uh, interact with nature more. The cities are bad, but I'm just not a fan of authoritarianism. 
These are the people who think that they're the benevolent dictators, that they, what they're doing may hurt people, but it's for the greater good. How many people have to be hurt for your utopian vision? And how many times throughout history does this ha- have to happen until we realize it doesn't work? I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. In case you missed it, check out the Timcast IRL episode we did the other day with Steve Bannon. In that episode, and also the member segment, which gets really spicy over at Timcast.com, Bannon says this is it. The Biden administration is done. The emperor has no clothes. And I completely agree with him. And I think he agrees with me when I say there's no president. Now, we probably have different views on what that ultimately means, but we can agree there's no leadership here. The way I described it the other day on the member segment was that Joe Biden didn't so much get elected as Donald Trump was anti-elected. You know, Bannon and I were talking about the votes and, and certain issues. And I said, enthusiasm against Trump was equally as high as enthusiasm for Trump. And so what you, what you end up getting is Biden wasn't selected by the people for his leadership skills. Of course not. The Atlantic said, stay alive, Joe Biden. All we need is your corporeal form. And I'm not exaggerating. It's actually an article from the Atlantic. And here we are. Biden's approval rating drops to 41%. Stunningly, the mainstream media coming out against Joe Biden. Well, we know they love war, but now it's just bad because when you lose the warmongers, what have you got left, Biden? That's been your thing, hasn't it? The establishment just propping up just nation building. We call it war, but let's let's be real. Ben made this point the other day. Good point. Nation building. That it was, it was one thing to go to Afghanistan because we were attacked and these extremists were, were using this you know, as a base of operations, essentially. And so as much as I still disagree with that, I'm much old. I was a lot younger. I didn't really know a whole lot about it. I'm still no, no fan now about even going after those who attacked us because ultimately it required an invasion of a foreign country, one in which every great empire has struggled or, or ultimately failed to, to uh, conquer, I guess is the right word, or uh, successfully complete their mission. So here we are in absolute chaos. Americans stranded. Quite possibly, this is the biggest American hostage situation we have ever seen. We talked about Argo the other day. You ever see the movie Argo with uh, Ben Affleck? A handful of Americans trapped in an embassy, and they stage this great escape, and it becomes a movie about these Americans trapped in Iran. 15,000 Americans, maybe more. Trump comes out with an attack ad. Or I should say a Trump pack, I believe. Surrender in chief. U.S. allies are urging Joe Biden to extend the deadline to give us time to evacuate these people. It's already been a disaster. It shouldn't have to happen. And I'm not a fan of the idea of extending the deadline either. But what do you do? It's tough, isn't it? Biden's already trying to deploy. He's already deploying more troops. So his, his approval rating dropping to a new low. Yeah. No surprise. And the benchmark here is the independent voters. The partisan's going to partisan. Democrats love them. Republicans hate them. But independent voters are saying enough. This is a a disaster. And you know, independent voters were split on Trump in 2020. And it's too bad enough of them didn't wake up because they were the ones who made made the impact. Partisans were going to partisan. I I fear, uh, I hope you all brace yourselves for the videos that are going to start to come out and we're already seeing them. It's a video of a man. I believe he's an Australian. Bloody. Beaten. He was trying to get out of Afghanistan. 
What do you think they're going to do to Americans? The Taliban can say whatever they want. We know their, their word is meaningless. These Americans are stranded. And of course, maybe 90% of the Taliban are willing to abide by leader, their, their leadership when they, the, you know, the U.S. says, just get our people out and we don't care. Fine. The Taliban says, OK, we'll get your Americans out. But how many of these guys are going to be like, I don't care? Literally don't. Oh, that American contractor. Nope, he's not going anywhere. And then you'll start to see these videos. And my fear is they'll use that as propaganda to say, see, we need, we, we need to go back. We need to bolster our troops. And that's what Biden's already doing. So his approval rating should be in the gutter. And it is from TimCast.com. A new poll indicates the American public is dissatisfied with Joe Biden's performance as commander in chief. Not only that, but a CBS poll found 52% of people think he's not competent. Took him long enough. USA Today reports, after two decades of combat, Americans by more than two to one say the war, the nation building in Afghanistan, launched in the wake of 9-11 wasn't worth it. In new USA Today Suffolk University poll, three of four predict the Taliban-led country will once again become a haven for terrorists targeting the U.S. For President Joe Biden, the cost of the war's chaotic end has been steep. His overall job approval rating now stands at 41% who approve versus 55% who disapprove. A big drop in the closely watched barometer of political health. Until last week, national polls generally showed his approval rating above 50%. And that was independent voters. Because like I said, Democrats love him. Republicans hate him. But this is the independent voter swing. It's going to have a huge impact on 2022. Let's read more. Despite the drop in support, the administration continues to deflect criticism of their Afghanistan policy, with Press Secretary Jen Psaki claiming it's irresponsible to say U.S. citizens are stranded in the chaotic country. Talk about, okay, there, it's one thing to try and spin. It's one thing to be like, no, no, that's, uh, that's not a pile of garbage. That's, in fact, a, a, a relocation of refuse. And you're like, bro, that's a pile of garbage, right? What they're doing right now is so insane. You know, at least when you try to spin something with a fancy term, a, a refuse relocation project. Yeah, a garbage dump. They're coming out and being like, no one's stranded. It's like, dude, there are people on camera with, with being beaten. And you're like, that's, they're not stranded. You mean they can walk through these crowds where they're being beaten? No, we can see it. It's like if someone said there's a pile of garbage over there and you said, no, there isn't. No, well, I can see it. No, you can't. <laughs> what? What is Jen Psaki doing? I think it's irresponsible to say they're stranded. They're not. We are committed to bringing them. Oh, OK, let's play the semantic game. What she's saying is they're stuck there technically, but because we're working on getting them out, they're not stranded. All right. If my friend's car breaks down and they're like at the mall and they call me, they're going to be like, I am stranded at the mall. And I say, I will I will come pick you up and help you out. And then my friends will say, where are you going right now? I'm on my way to pick up my friend who's stranded at the mall because his car broke down. You see how that works? America is working towards evacuating Americans who are stranded in Afghanistan. That's how it works. And they're trapped by the Taliban. Let's take a look at this polls and then we'll, we'll talk about what, what I mean. We're already withdrawing our troops. It's incredible. We abandoned Bagram Air Force Base. This is, it's incredible. What did you think was going to happen? Trump was anti-elected. There is no real president. What I mean by that is Joe Biden is so absolutely pathetic. His administration is so absolutely broken. There may as well be no one in charge. And, and another thing I was saying, I, I want to just stress this. You know, even with Biden being whacked out of his mind, I, 
I still thought there were adults in the room who were going to be like, "Okay, Biden, that's right. Go to sleep. Let's get this job done. I at least thought Kamala Harris would be doing something. Now you can see that beyond the emperor having no clothes, there's nobody clothed, (laughs) I guess. Kamala Harris is just sitting back and letting Biden sputter, maybe because she's thinking like, good, get rid of him and then I'll come in. It's scary, isn't it? Let's take a look at the uh, the hard civics polling. Do you approve or disapprove of the way Joe Biden is handling his job as president? It was it was fairly split for a long time. And when he started, uh, when he was inaugurated, most people approved. And you know what the issue is? It's not Republicans. Republicans have always disapproved of him. Ninety percent. Democrats have always approved of him. Now, to be fair, Biden started among Democrats with 90 percent approval and now sits at 85 percent. That's big. It is. I know it's only 5%, but for partisan Democrats to swing away from Biden, Biden's disapproval when he started was 3%, and now it's at 6%. He is losing even some Democrats on this one. It's the independent voters that matter, because the independent voters are the ones who are going to hand 2022 to either the Republicans or the Democrats, and it seems like it is going to be Republicans. This is what I view as Biden's true approval rating, his true approval rating. Why? I don't care what Democrats think or Republicans. I get it, okay? In in terms of liking Joe Biden, of course Republicans don't like Joe Biden. What I mean when I don't care about what they think, what I'm saying is, I get it, guys. You love him or you hate him. But who is going to win over the electorate for 2022 and in California with the recall election? And that D and that R, that stands strong in these elections. It's the independent voters who must be convinced. And I will tell you this right now, Republicans are winning that one, either through sheer incompetence and failure of Joe Biden and his administration, or through great persuasion from their uh, excellent campaigning. To be fair, this ad from Donald Trump, surrender in chief. Wow. You got Colbert criticizing uh, Biden. You've got Jake Tapper criticizing Joe Biden. This ad is really, really something. And it's sad and it's scary. Look at this. When Joe Biden started, independent voters disapproved of Biden 44 to 42 percent. You know what that means? Biden's overall approval at the start was carried by Democrats. And by losing them, he quickly jumped into disapproval. But now we can see independent voters have been increasingly disapproving of Joe Biden. You know why? I think a lot of independent voters are not playing the partisan game. They're thinking, okay, Biden won. Let's give him a chance. I want to be reasonable. I don't want to play Biden derangement syndrome. But we got to be honest. A lot of what they criticized about Donald Trump was fake news. I'll throw it right to the most prom- one of the most prominent instances. When Trump was with Shinzo Abe of Japan and they were feeding the koi fish in the pond, right? And then the camera zooms in and Trump dumps all the food in and they made fun of him for it. And I'm like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Who cares if Trump dumps food? But they said he was uncouth, disrespectful, and oh, they just mocked him. Then the real footage came out showing that Trump just did what Shinzo Abe did. Or how about the very fine people hoax, where the media kept saying over and over and over again, Trump called the people in Charlottesville very fine people when he said they should be condemned totally. He was talking about not the bad people. The media lies. And so I come out and say, I have to stop making me defend the guy. Now, with Joe Biden, I don't want to play Biden derangement syndrome, but objective reality takes hold to all the leftist commentators say Afghanistan was Trump's plan. He's the one who negotiated this deal and it's on him because it's happening. No, it isn't. Trump is literally not overseeing the withdrawal. 
He's literally not the president. So you could have someone who's a manager at a McDonald's be like, I would like to roll out a new cheeseburger. And then you fire him and hire a new guy who botches everything. I'm not going to blame the guy who had the idea to do it and said, let's roll out a new cheeseburger. I'm going to blame the guy who didn't make the cheeseburger right. I go and order my burger and it comes out and it's got 500 pickles on it. I'm like, this is not food. Pickles are good, but come on, too much, right? Or it comes out and there's no meat. Well, clearly the plan called for a burger on the bun. Whoever's managing this place right now screwed it all up. Am I going to call it the guy who said, I want to make it? No. And you see, they're so, they're so obsessed with orange man bad, even when Joe Biden is literally the president. I can blame Obama for a lot of things. I can blame him for a lot of the nation building and what's going on in Iraq and Afghanistan. You betcha. Donald Trump was president. And when Donald Trump was president, the buck stops with him. He should have fired him out a lot of people. He didn't play right. And I'll tell you this. I'll tell you, at least as far as I'm concerned, I'm not a partisan Republican. I don't like the Republican Party. They don't do anything. I am disgusted and furious because they waste my time. There's a handful of good Republicans. We always shout out Ron Paul, uh, Rand Paul, Ron Paul, of course, and uh, Thomas Massey. Of course, Ron is uh, retired because they're, they're great. And there's a handful of others, of, uh, others who, who fight, and I can respect that. Marjorie Taylor Greene's a fighter. Lauren Boebert's a fighter, uh, Matt Gates and uh, Hawley and Cruz. They, 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 they seem to be, you know, standing up. But uh, Rand Paul has always been a big, big fan of Rand Paul. The filibusters and the NDA and things like that, because if you truly believe in liberty and individual freedom, you need someone fighting for you. Unfortunately, the Republican Party doesn't do that. So here I am trying to figure out what do we do now? These independent voters, where Joe Biden's approval rating is 31%. That's what matters. That is ultimately what matters, in my opinion. Because these are the people who are going to be voting in 2022 in California. And right now they're saying we wanted to give Joe Biden a chance. I felt that way. Look, you win some, you lose some. There's a whole lot of contentious stuff around the election. But let's not sabotage the plane because we don't like the pilot. Now, perhaps the pilot is flying us in a direction we don't want to go. And so we'll keep voicing our concerns and be like, look, you do a good job. You're flying, flying this plane. We'll give you credit where credit is due. Instead, Biden fell asleep and the plane's going and we're just like, someone do something. So much for the threats. Taliban ignore Biden's request to let civilians to Kabul airport and Westerners are beaten. U.S. airlifts more than 19,000 in 24 hours as desperate Afghans cause a stampede at the airport amid fears of an ISIS-K attack. That's how bad it's getting, man. Take a look at this. U.S. begins reducing troop levels at Kabul airport. You want to know why that's significant? They, they said that, that Donald Trump was a, a slap in the face of our allies and making America look bad. Okay. From the AP. G7 leaders can't sway Biden to delay Afghanistan withdrawal. He already did. Biden has screwed this up to such an absurd degree that now even the U.S. allies are roasting him. Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll 
also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's arkseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. arkseedkits.com. The withdrawal was supposed to be May 1st. Biden had, it, it just about three months to uh, carry out the, uh, the deal. It should have been his first priority. A lot of people have pointed out, well, there's a few things I'll say. One, look, I'm not, I don't know classified information. It's easy for me to sit back and armchair criticism and be like, oh, Biden, you should have done X, Y, or Z. But the experts, as much as we, uh, as much as we decide to trust the experts, but a lot of people have pointed out, we abandoned Bagram Air Force Base. I mean, we didn't just uh, decommission it and put up a sign saying we'll be leaving X amount of time. In the middle of the night, we just left and looters came and we could have been using Bagram for the air evacuations. That was absolutely absurd. Failure. And Mark Milley, uh, joint woke chief or whatever, comes out and says, well, I was told to guard the embassy. Moron. Were there no adults in the room to be like, maybe we should keep the Air Force base? Doesn't it make sense? This is the craziest thing. When I, when I saw all this, I was like, why wouldn't they do the evacuations before pulling the troops out? Does Biden want this? No, I think it's simple. Let's make the least amount of, uh, least amount of assumptions. Joe Biden is not there. We know he's not there. He barely speaks. He won't take questions half the time, most of the time. And we know it. Biden w- was the result of an anti-election. People saying, no Trump. They didn't care who. And now you got a guy who's probably asleep all day. That's why he's doing his press events at 3 p.m. Because he's got to go to bed by five. Sundowning, right? He's too old. He can't handle it. Kamala, Millie, politicians, is it this administration? They're not competent people who, who want to do the right thing by the American people. They're power hungry, despotic, petty tyrants. And they're just sitting there thinking like, once Biden falls, I ain't taking responsibility for this. Don't look at me. So there's no adults in the room and it's just falling to chaos. The U.S. is already starting to withdraw its troops. Okay. The problem here is we want them to be withdrawn. It's a good thing to get out of nation building. As Bannon mentioned the other day on the show, imagine if we took two trillion dollars and put it into America. The working class is getting screwed. They're sending your children, your brothers, your sisters, your friends to go and die to nation build, extracting U.S. taxpayer dollars and lives. For what? So it's good we're getting out. I can respect that. The problem is we need to evacuate the Americans, right? Isn't that it? Everything I'm talking about is for the betterment of the American population and citizenry and those who are stranded in Afghanistan. I don't want to remain in Afghanistan. I want to get out. But at least we can say, okay, let's get the Americans out and then the troops. It'll be part of the same evacuation. But ah, Herein lies the main issue. When they announce they're withdrawing the U.S. troops first, they're saying that those Americans who are there are trash, that they don't have to save them, and it doesn't matter. The American military should be defending the American people. They're not. They're leaving. They are leaving Americans behind. I want the withdrawal to happen. I want the troops to leave. But the withdrawal includes the American citizens who are there, which means priorities. If we're going to have an effective withdrawal, Americans evacuate, followed by military. 
Joe Biden won't do it. Why? Because he surrendered to the Taliban. He is just doing whatever they say. He said, you know, the, the CIA chief gets sent to, to negotiate with them. And the Taliban says no deadline change, August 31st or else it is going to be, I hope not, a bloodbath. When they say you have until August 31st to get out, do you think they're only talking about the troops? Or do you think they're talking about the 15,000? It may be around 11,000. They've evacuated a decent amount, but this 10, 10, 10 plus thousand Americans, do you think they're not including the Taliban's going to tolerate them being there? Trump PAC hits Biden on Afghanistan in new digital ad. Former President Donald Trump is launching a new campaign style advertisement on digital platforms, attacking Joe Biden, criticizing his embattled successor's handling of the U.S. military withdrawal from Afghanistan. The 92nd spot referring to Biden as surrender in chief is a montage of still photographs and video clips depicting the Taliban takeover of Afghanistan and chaos in Kabul as Americans and, the, and their Afghan allies struggle to secure their evacuation from the South Central Asian nation. You got to see it. It's powerful stuff. And I want to make this point clear. Donald Trump did something fantastic in negotiating an end to the Afghan nation building conflict. I thought it was wonderful. They criticized him for bringing the Taliban out. How dare he? And I'm like, let's get out of this, this country. Two trillion dollars, 20, 20 years and thousands of U.S. lives, not to mention the tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of civilians displaced or killed. And Biden came in and just didn't have the abilities. You know, what's funny is that these people who voted for him did not consider what was going to happen. They did not consider this. When you take a look at the plans in place, they didn't think about what happens next year. They didn't think about if if Trump has a plan for X and we swap him out with incompetent Biden, what happens? They didn't. They just said, I don't want Trump orange man bad. The orange man is bad. And the demented man. Oh, but that's fine. You see, they didn't think about that. It's hate. When I was talking to Bannon yesterday on the member segment, go to TimCast.com, check out the member segment, become a member, watch it's an hour long. I think it's fantastic. Biden asks me if I believe that, uh, I'm sorry, Bannon asks me if I believe that Biden won. Of course I do, right? Because I have witnessed a transformation among people I've known and trusted for a long time, among uh, family members who used to be fun, smiles, barbecues, and they have become zealous, psychotic, rage-filled hate mongers. You've seen it, haven't you? All of a sudden, people you knew just insulting you and deriding you and calling you a maggot. And I'm like, did you see the change happen in these people? Yes, the hatred has boiled up so much in their hearts. I absolutely believe They voted for Joe Biden, not because they like Biden or want him, because they hate you and they hate Donald Trump. And so I absolutely can believe it when I was shocked to see skateboarders who I had known, who never cared about politics, just all of a sudden spewing vile, disgusting things. Look at what they say about COVID victims. They're like, I hope they die. It's 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 scary, isn't it? When you see people saying, F you, screw you, I don't care anymore. The embracing of authoritarianism. Yes. Yeah, I can believe it. I look forward to seeing what happens with some of these audits, but the vile hatred, man, spread. And you end up with this pathetic leadership. Things are going to change. Biden, uh, I'm sorry, Ban- I keep saying Biden. Bannon was saying the other day, this, the, the presidency is over. 
that the people are seeing through it. How can Biden recover from this? I agree. Now they're starting to realize the incompetence and failures of, uh, of, of, this, of this man. So, yeah, absolutely. We'll see how that manifests in the recall in the coming election in 2022. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. During the last pandemic lockdown in the United States, we heard that many young people had started taking their own lives. Someone I actually know, an acquaintance, has a a, a terrible story, and this is a prominent individual of their son who was 12 who took his own life. It may be a bit more sensationalist than I'm used to, but I think it's fair to say that Australia is actively killing children. Their stay-at-home orders are complete BS, and I'm going to prove it to you. They say they have to lock down in New South Wales, stay-at-home orders, pepper-spraying children, arresting people, putting signs on their doors. Why? Because we can't allow COVID to spread. But rich people are allowed to go and do whatever they want. So is this really about COVID? If you're telling everyone they have to stay home, but the rich people can go out and do whatever and go on the beach and party, certainly it's not about stopping the spread of COVID. Otherwise, you'd be stopping them too. No, it's about suppressing and depressing the people. We have this story here from Nine News Australia showing you exactly what the lockdowns mean. And many people are starting to point out that there's something strange going on, that wealthy people are basically allowed to skirt the rules. We've got photos of Chris Hemsworth surfing on the beach with his uh, significant other. I don't know if they're married or not. Now, he apparently refused to do an op-ed for the vaccines for the government. And I can respect him standing on his principles. And I'm not trying to drag him for going surfing. I think everyone should be allowed to. But surprise, surprise, the wealthy celebrity is allowed and the regular people aren't. I'm not trying to drag Chris. I think he's great. I'm a big fan. I don't know anything about him politically or anything like that. But the issue is the government. This is going to come here again to the United States, and it'll be worse than you realize. Oregon has already implemented outdoor mask mandates. We're seeing very interesting tweets from moderate leftist types. Bill Maher, liberal, right? He said, no, no, no booster shot. He won't do it because he, you know, he took one for the team. So he says, and now he's like, what are we going to do? Not, I'm not doing it. Yeah. Well, Bill, LA is already preparing their, their, their vaccine mandates. You'll have to, but we see other people on Twitter. One guy saying that, you know, the deal was that if everyone got vaccinated, things would go back to normal. And they didn't. The deal was if everybody wore a mask, we'd, we'd, we'd flatten the curve and go back to normal. It didn't happen. And now in Australia, they're talking about building quarantine camps, internment camps, in 2022. Now, Dr. Fauci said previously that if we if we all, you know, get vaccinated, we could have this done by fall of 2022. He later said, I misspoke. I meant spring of 2022. You see, there's a big difference between Fauci saying it'll be over spring of 2022 and Brisbane and uh, New South Wales and Australia building quarantine camps in 2022. You know why? Telling people that this will wrap up by spring of 2022 means we're going to see the end. We will see the end in sight and they'll say we're going to start reopening. If they wait until 2022 to build the camps, they're saying they're going to need them into next year. It will come to the United States. Let me show you what's going on in Australia. And again, I want to prove to you this is really about, at least in Australia, the wealthy getting access to whatever they want and poor people being suppressed and oppressed. Now, mind you, let me tell you something. I think the vaccines are safe and effective. Absolutely. I've uh, looked at the VAERS reports. I've looked at, uh, um, you know, just 
I've listened to people like Brett Weinstein. I've, I've listened to even Democrats, Republicans. And you know what I think? I think you got to separate yourself from the culture war. Find a trusted medical professional. Talk to them about it. But I tell you this. What I see happening, social credit scores, absolute control. I don't think, you know, we talked about this with, with Bannon the other day. When you want to see social credit scores coming, it starts with the vaccine. So I look at that. I look at the data and I'm like, I don't think the vaccine is the issue. I think it's the excuse. Listen, Trump is the one who created Operation Warp Speed and said, everybody get the vaccine. Now what we're seeing is Democrats using this as a way to create Chinese style social credit systems. That's why I'm extremely opposed to the authoritarianism. But for medical decisions, I say you, you, you figure it out for yourself. Check this out. Sydney has extended their lockdown. Here's the area. I'm going to show you a map. I'm going to break things down for you, right? New South Wales COVID-19 restrictions. Look at this big old map. You got unincorporated New, New South Wales snap lockdown. Even in the unincorporated middle of nowhere. Okay, sure. Fine. You can go around here. You can say stay at home order for these uh, for, for these areas just outside of I believe that's 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 Sydney, Penrith, uh, LGA, you know, OK, now we move up and we can see. Let me see if I can find it. We got Lismore. We got Byron. Don't forget Byron. It's under a snap lockdown. Here's what they say. Snap lockdown. Stay at home order applies. Snap lockdown. Stay at home order applies. All of these. Let's uh, let's let's jump to Byron and see what they say about Byron. This one's going to be re- very relevant. Snap lockdown. Stay at home. Order applies. Byron. Remember that. Now I want to show you what this means. Australia says you can only leave the home for the following four reasons. Shopping for essential items. One person only. LGA five kilometers. You got to be within five kilometers of your house. Care and compassionate reasons. One visitor only. Exercise in groups no more than two excluding groups of household members within five kilometers uh, or within LGA, no outdoor recreation, work and education that cannot be conducted remotely, single bubble. People who live alone can nominate one designated family member or friend to visit for companionship. What? Look at what's happening in Australia, a supposed Western nation. The mandates will come here. Education. Schools will conduct remote learning, but will remain open for students who need them. Masks must be worn in all non-residential indoor settings outside while queuing for takeaway at outdoor markets and in all common property shared spaces of a residential building will be mandatory everywhere outside the home, except for when exercising from Monday, August 23rd. LGA of concern. Must wear a mask at all times outside the house, all times. 9 p.m. to 5 a.m. curfew. Exercise limited to one hour per day. Must not go further than five kilometers from the home for exercise, shopping, or single bubble visits. Must not leave their LGA for work except emergency services and healthcare workers. Childcare workers and disability workers must have their first vaccine dose by August 30th. Authorized workers must carry a service New South Wales permit. Construction workers can attend unoccupied sites if they meet vaccination conditions. This is in, this is absolutely uh, uh, incredible. What's uh, what's what's happening here in Australia? Now let me break it down for you. Let me break it down for you. I mentioned Byron because we have this story. 
Chris Hemsworth shows off his washboard abs as he goes surfing in Byron Bay with wife Elsa Pataki after refusing to appear in a campaign to promote the COVID-19 jab. Okay, okay. They said he was working out. He's uh, surfing, apparently. All right. It's exercise. But it said no recreational activity. I guess you can still argue this is how we get exercise. Fine. I'll tell you what I think this really means. It's an example of the wealthy and wealthy elites being given a pass. Because here's the story from Bloomberg. Sydney's COVID outbreak shouldn't be fought on the beaches. Inconsistent containment measures in different parts of the city have bred misperceptions and suspicion among residents. More goodwill is needed. No. How about more freedom is needed? Let me show you Google. Here's Byron Bay. It's right up here. It's in Byron. It's in the snap lockdown, stay at home order area. So, okay, uh, you know, I'll be fair. Look, I'm not trying to drag Hemsworth. Like I said, this is about the government. It's about the fact there have been numerous stories where wealthy people are going to the beach with no issue and poor people can barely leave their homes. You will own nothing and you will be happy. As Bannon said the other day, you're going to be Russian serfs. Millennials will be impoverished Russian serfs. And what will that lead to? Perhaps it will lead to some kind of revolution or revolt. Bloomberg reports, my hometown of Sydney is a divided city. Never more so, uh, never more so than now in the grip of a COVID-19 outbreak that's overwhelmed its complacent sense of having escaped the pandemic. Oh, is that true? Sure. In the East, Suburbs close to the beach and the cooling breezes of the Pacific are the playgrounds of the affluent. Further from the ocean lies the hotter, more multicultural, lower income expanse of Western Sydney. The median house price in Beachside Bondi, where the current outbreak first took hold, is nearly 3.5 million Australian dollars. That's 2.5 million US. In Oxley Park, 28 miles to its west, and currently seeing some of the highest rates of infection, it's around 650,000 Australian dollars. That divide is making the challenges of stamping out the current pandemic worse. Across the whole of Sydney, masks are mandatory. Non-essential retail is closed. And home visits and schools are off limits, except in unusual circumstances. However, in places the government has defined as areas of concern to the West and Southwest, there are also curfews from 9 p.m. to 5 a.m., while children are only allowed outside for one hour of exercise per day. It's rarely a fairness thing that we're not being treated the same as the rest of Sydney. Call Osfor, mayor of Canterbury Bankstown, one of the areas of concern, told Australian Broadcasting Court Radio Monday. I'm not saying these restrictions shouldn't be brought in. I'm saying they should be applied equally to everybody. In a city that's also split by vaccination status, aggravating both sides of the social divide isn't a good way to get people to pull together. The 41% of the adult population who've not had even a first dose are dependent on others' compliance with lockdown measures to protect them. So what? You get the point. This is them talking about the wealthy being able to do their thing. You go to the beach, it's fine. But the funny thing about this article is that people are so pathetic that even when they claim to dissent, they are still on the side of the authoritarians, Nazis who have taken over. Let's get dark. From the Daily Mail. Warning of a shadow pandemic of youth suicide after huge spike in teenage girls taking their own lives as helplines are flooded with calls and depression, eating disorders and self-harm reach record levels in lockdown. They know 
They know this happens. They don't care. Children are allowed only one hour of exercise per day. You can't go see your friends. Your life is on lockdown. These children are effectively being put in solitary confinement. The Daily Mail says, Dozens of teenage girls in Australia are attempting suicide in what mental health experts are calling a shadow pandemic. New data from the Victorian coroner's court revealed eight young women took their own lives in the first seven months of this year. Statistics show the number is up from just one during the same period last year, after three in 2019, four in 2018, three in 2017. The alarming rise in teenage suicides comes as the grim extent of Australia's youth suicide crisis was exposed in the latest figures from Kids Helpline. Now, I want, I want you to understand this article is from only a couple of weeks ago. I wonder what could be driving it. They say Kids Helpline said heightened levels of despair and depression through the COVID-19 lockdowns was a major contributory factor in the increase. Professor Patrick McGorry, the head of youth mental health at the University of Melbourne, said the pandemic totally overwhelmed mental health services. The system is drowning or crumbling, he told the Australian. This is the shadow pandemic, and every lockdown makes it even worse. Professor McGorry described the loss of eight young lives as a real phenomenon and said it sprung from a rising level of suicidal behavior in young women. There has been a very substantial surge, 20 to 30 percent of deliberate self-harm and suicidal behavior that is occurring in particularly young women. And that is what's flooding into the emergency departments. So let's slow down and talk about what you are getting from your establishment. It is seeming to be more harmful to young women in this instance. It is lockdowns mostly affecting the multicultural impoverished individuals. And the wealthy are free to roam and romp about. How is this in any way progressive? No, it's regressive. It's the regressive left. These people are racists. They're elitists. They're supremacists. And they're sexists across the board. They've always been. And they just try to use manipulation to convince you they're the ones who care about your freedom. But you take a look at what's happening in Australia. It's shocking and it's scary, but it's not all bad. People are starting to push back. Brisbane Times, August 21st, crowd of thousands protest in Brisbane over COVID-19 lockdowns despite Queen, uh, Queenland's success. Police estimate about 2,000 Brisbane protesters have marched down George Street claiming that COVID-19 lockdowns can, uh, lockdown controls breach UN regulations. There were similar but far angrier rallies in Sydney and Melbourne, where lockdowns are enforced because of escalating COVID-19 cases. The Sydney and Melbourne rallies have turned aggressive. There were multiple arrests and were then canceled by organizers on social media apps. It is difficult to learn who called the rallies, but police believed they are organized on social media by overseas anti-COVID vaccination groups trying to gain traction in Australia. Or people in Australia are using encrypted communications to resist. It's funny. They called Trump the, the Nazi and the authoritarian. Look what they're doing here in the U.S., Delta Airlines to hike up health insurance premiums for unvaccinated employees by $200 a month. Again, I think the vaccines are fine. I think you can go to your doctor and you can choose for yourself what you think is right for you. Isn't that how it should work? But what they're doing is they're using it as an excuse to force compliance. It's always this way. When they want to gain access to someone's private uh, encrypted communications, a company, what do they do? National security. You can't resist. You can't reject it. You got to give it up. 
What about when they want to gain control over digital companies? Children, child exploitation. Oh, yeah, because who's going to oppose laws to protect children, right? And here we have vaccination. Well, why wouldn't you get the vaccine, right? It's safe. Download the app. Carry your papers. Because what is the after effect of this? You need a physical ID to enter buildings in New York City. And of course, what they're going for is an app, a social credit system to make you fall in line and never challenge the system ever again. Authoritarianism doesn't work. Why? Because people resist. Naturally, people say no. So what they want to do is create a system where if you ever resist, they'll cut you off from your bank. It's already been happening. And so imagine this future. 10 million people in New York City, in the, in the metro. I think it's like 13 in the, in the greater metro. And they're all standing there with fake smiles on their faces, terrified that if they don't smile, they'll get a bump in their social credit score. Then they can't get on the train, like in China. Then they can't open a bank account. So everyone just shakes. And then eventually someone says, I can't take it anymore. And people start saying no. And the system starts breaking. And what happens is when you make it too rigid, it becomes brittle. It shatters. The system needs to be malleable to a certain extent, kind of like how the U.S. is. Kind of like, because we're certainly going down the wrong path. You need flexibility in the system for it to change, to correct. Because if the, if the system becomes too, too hard and brittle, the whole thing shatters, and then you have no system at all. But allowing people to move around and, and progress or, 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 or even regress to a certain degree, like just to move a little bit and make arguments, is how you maintain a system. Flexibility. Rigidity will only bring about the quick, uh, a quick demise. In Oregon, they have brought back outdoor mask mandates, even for those who are fully vaccinated. And I'll tell you what I think is going to happen. Yeah, this is bad. Yeah, I think a lot of people will comply, but I think this is going to start shattering the brains of many liberals, not far leftists. I mean, regular default liberals who don't pay attention. All of a sudden now they're going to be saying like, but wait a minute, you told me if I wore a mask and got vaccinated, this would all be over. But now it's coming back. Yeah, well, some of these people uh, will just respond with, well, it's because people didn't get vaccinated and now there's variants and blah, blah, blah. If they come out and say, here's what you got to do to get everything back to normal and you do it and then nothing changes. You say, I don't care if it was someone else's fault. You told me what to do. I did it. And oh, but not enough people did it. Well, you didn't say that. You said if we went and did it, we'd be good. You said the people who got the vaccine were safe. You said the, the lockdowns, the mandates, you're exempt if you have the vaccine. Now they're saying, oh, well, no, you still have to wear a mask and get a booster shot eventually. OK, why would anyone want to adhere to that? So maybe there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Maybe what this is is a very weak attempt at an authoritarian power grab, which will result in the system itself shattering. The neocon neoliberal elites who rob the working class blind are trying to squeeze out as much power as they can before the whole system plummets. They can't control it. They can't. You know, if they were if they really wanted to make this effective, they'd be reasonable about it. But they think that they can get everyone, or at least an overwhelming majority, to bend the knee to their will, and it won't work. In Australia, it seems to be that it is, but there's different cultures. In the United States, I don't think it'll happen. Perhaps, though, in blue states, it will. In, in, in purple states. Red states are already saying no. Obviously, Texas and Florida. And people are moving. 
I think this will cause major demographic change. So we'll see. You see, there is an issue to consider. In certain blue states where you still have Republican members of Congress, if the Republicans flee the state mandate and go to a red state, then the Democrats will gain more seats in the House. You see how it works? You've got blue states like Illinois. They've got a ton of Republican uh, uh, Congress people, you know, from Southern Illinois and things like that. What happens when all of these people say the state mandates are, are crazy, so I'm leaving? Now these areas become more blue because a higher density of Democrat people live there and remained and are okay with it. And then they vote for a Democrat congressman. I don't know if that's going to play out exactly that way, but I'll tell you this. What we're seeing in Australia is overt and obvious. It's causing the death of children. And so when we look at the signs, we look for the signs and we see them here in the U.S., speak now or forever hold your peace. These people want power. They will not just give it up. People need to be not, uh, there needs to be nonviolent civil disobedience, some good protest. There needs to be people speaking up at the workplace saying no. And this may be uh, an outcome, economic collapse. Because I tell you this, there's a large portion of people, probably around 40%, who are going to say, I will not follow your mandates, and they'll quit. And then what? Honestly, I don't know, but there's already a food shortage. So I hope you're paying attention. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash Timcast. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then.